Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. And see, I've gone for extra perky there. Did you hear it? Dave? Yeah. Hoi hoi. Yes. Um, that's because I've got a cold, but I'm pushing through it. And I'm going to be super perky. I've rubbed some Vicks on his chest and he's happy. He's, he's good to go. Um, I, I rediscovered the joy of Vicks the last time I had a cold. Did you really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever used Vicks in my life. Have you not? Do you know what I thought about what happened to me just today, actually, is that I think I might get hay fever. But I've always been the sort of person that's like, I don't, I've never had hay fever, you know? But it can suddenly get you later in life. Yeah. Well, not necessarily, Paige said about 80. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you can, you can like be fine with hay fever and then one year. Yeah, but I think that what, because I sort of always constantly have a low level cold, you know? I've always got a bit of a blocked nose and stuff. And I'm wondering if that is just because I haven't been treating hay fever for <laughs> 30 odd years. Possibly. You know? And uh, actually all the symptoms of hay fever is things I have, but I've just always never consider them serious enough to do something about. Does that make sense? It does make sense, yeah. So, yeah, so basically, to sum up, I bought some antihistamines, and I'm going to start taking them, and let's see how it goes. Let's track my medical improvements as they happen. Yeah, you should um, You should just try and, like, go all in on allergies, like rub a cat on your face, like do all sorts. Rub a cat on, is that hay fever treatment recommended? Well, no, I mean, like, for other allergies. Oh, I'm I aware see. that a cat isn't a flower. And but what would rubbing a cat on my face do? Well, like I don't know. Like you can, might, if you some. <laughs> can, can you Sometimes, see how this has confused me? Right, I said. Yeah, but I, I think I might have fever, well, and you said, "Why don't you rub a cat on your face?" Like it's not. I mean, it's, like I'm not if following. you take an antihistamine, then you yeah. should feel powerful in the face of allergies. Oh, I see. That's why I was going like for. a sort of superhero testing, like you yeah. know, where you're like, let's put them to the absolute test. Exactly. Fine. So I'm going to take an antihistamine and then find a cat. That's first step, and then rub it in my face and see what happens. You know, you could be the new catman lady. Apart from, you could be like cat face man, cat rub face man, cat yeah. rub face man's not. I, I could be cat face man. A, a explain, push. explain catman lady to anyone outside the UK who I don't imagine catman lady reached. Catman was it in Birmingham or did I make that up completely? I don't know. Might have been. Might have been in your ends. Uh, Catbin Lady was a cultural phenomenon here in the UK in, I want to say, the year 2012, 13, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, um, I reckon. The short version of the story is a woman put a cat in a bin. Yeah. And it was caught on CCTV. And that is basically the entire story, right? Uh, was it a she became, cat? like, 
public enemy. No, didn't she? I think her excuse for doing it in the end was that she was like having a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, so I just put a cat. She put a cat in a bin, like, but in like a trash can, like, we don't have trash cans in the same way. It was like a wheelie bin. Yeah. We, yeah. But I don't think they, they transcend oceans either much, you know? But like a proper bin with a lid. Um, yeah, it was absolutely. What doesn't, what don't they have in America? What, like, um, wheelie bins or the term wheelie bin well yeah that's what i'm wondering yeah wheelie bin america (laughs) what's a wheelie bin called in america we call it america after america vespucci that's a different question guys what do they call wheelies on motorcycles this isn't useful is it it's not really no no what was a wheelie bin called in america trash can cart yeah fine I mean, wasn't expecting Cabin Lady to get a shout out today, but no. I'm quite glad she has had one. Anyway, she became the thing that we all talked about when... Yeah. Um, Have you seen that video of that woman putting a cat in a bin, etc.? Yeah, exactly. For, but for months and months and months. Um, so there you go. Good. Um, talk about friends? Uh, yeah, okay. It's probably important that we do, isn't it, at some point. Uh, and this week's request, Peter comes from drum roll please julia oh no that's not a drum roll is it oh sorry i thought you were teaming me up hoy hoy dave and pete i would like to request the one with the race car bed it's one of my absolute favorites and i can't believe it's not been done yet that's honestly absolutely with you julia i cannot believe it hasn't been done almost to the point where i'm wondering if it's one of our admin errors no i'm pretty confident because i feel like i've not watched this episode for a very long time yeah no true actually and it's one of the episodes that actually when you do watch, i i almost i mean i obviously was going to watch it but i almost thought of all the episodes of Friends, I think I could probably do this without really watching it, you know? Really? I probably, yeah, I reckon I could probably, for some reason, like this era especially, but like this episode is so like lodged in my mind for reasons I can't quite real, like, remember. That I think I could have done this without watching it. Wow. Um, every plotline is so good. Yeah, this is. I think this is it. Chandler and Phoebe are great comedic characters for every story. Phoebe's mixed up with Monica's bed is brilliant. I love the way Monica plays along with Sometimes I Have Bed Dreams. Uh, Joey's teaching techniques. Ross's struggles with Rachel's father and the cliffhanger episode with the zoom in on Joey's face. Uh, as Julius put it, Joey's ridiculously exaggerated gasping is the cherry on top of this episode. Chef's kiss. All best, Julia. Yeah, I just think because it's a it's a Jack plot, isn't it? This episode. Um, I must just add. Uh, that there is actually one uh, little bit of that message that I left out. Okay. Which I will now tell you. Um, and it's, uh, it is quiz-related. Okay. Um, now, I told you last week that we didn't have a quiz, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, because, Pete, then what I did was go to a lot of trouble to acquire a quiz. Yeah. When you say a lot of trouble, yep. you mean ask someone on Instagram. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, I do, and it was that. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, and then I checked, and actually, Julia did include a quiz. Fucking idiot. So, um, yeah, we have got a quiz. We've got two. We've got two quizzes. Peter for Lula Allison. Sorry, um, but you got that to look forward to, haven't you? Double, double quiz time. Double quiz. When the podcast's about to end, and you're like, "Thank God this is over." No, we'll pull it back with more quizzes. Exactly. Um, okay, Peter. Okay, fine. Would you like a synopsis then? Oh, yes, please. 465257 is the production code. No, I don't like oh, ending the seven. On 
Uh, things are badly after Rachel tries to get her father and Ross to bond during a dinner together. Hoping for one last chance for the men to get along, Rachel sets up a brunch the morning after, only for it to backfire when she realises that criticising her is the only common interest both men have. Yes, I mean, there is a lot to say about this. Uh, meanwhile, Joey teaches a soap opera acting class uh, and suggests one of his students should audition with the idea that a boxer is gay when he realises they're up for the same role. Uh, and the gang lambast joke. Yeah, it's, it's very long, this one. Uh, and Monica tries returning to bed after receiving the wrong one from Janice's ex-husband. Whilst at the store, Joey catches Janice kissing his ex. Uh, where to start? Where to start? Uh, you choose. I usually choose. Yeah, you do, don't you, actually? That's interesting. Yeah. Why is that? You can have a go. I'm gonna, do you know what, Pete? I'm going to have a go. And there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, I'm going to choose... I mean, that can all be edited out, basically. Uh, I'm going to choose... Uh, should we do Ross and Rachel's dad? Ross and Rachel... Uh, yes, okay, yeah, okay. Because I feel like this is like the one where... It's an interesting plot line, this, isn't it? And this, this is my only point of contention. Pro- oh, no, there's, a couple, there's two points of contention with this episode, really, aren't there? Uh, and, and one is, is the gay boxer element, and one is uh, Ross and Rachel's dad basically uh, only bonding over quite overt misogyny against Rachel. <laughs> Do you know what the one thing that I spotted with this? Yeah. Is that when you, I don't know, maybe you're introducing um, friends from different friendship groups to yeah. each other, then often the uh, th- they will bond by taking the mick out of you a bit. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you, when you're introducing different groups of people, you often of end up as the like punching bag for these sort of things. Yeah. So that I thought initially was, um, what it was. Like uh, her dad and Ross, they've eventually found this common ground of, Hey, let's poke a bit of fun at Rachel. Yeah. But then it turns into Rachel's incompetent. And she can't do anything herself. <laughs> yeah. And she makes all the wrong decisions. Yeah. And why is she seeing that doctor? And I've told you, you should do it like this, yeah. but you're not doing it like this. Why are you not doing it like this? And then yeah. it ends up just being like both fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it is just both of them going basically, Oh God, it's nice to be a superior man because what a series of ridiculous decisions this woman is making, you know? And even at one point, Ross, uh, Rachel's dad says to Ross, like, why do you let her go to that doctor? And Rachel tries to butt in, in fairness, and goes, excuse me, let her. And I thought that'd be the point at which, you know, maybe she goes, that's not, this isn't how life or our relationship works, lads. But Ross yeah. just talks over her and just goes, what can I do? She won't listen to me about renter's insurance either. Oh, Rachel's dad is just awful. He is awful. What a horrible man. Yeah, horrible little scrot, isn't he? Um, and so this all starts when Rachel arranges dinner with her dad. Ross thinks hates him. Turns out he absolutely does. And he's unbearable, isn't he, at that dinner? Like, everything yeah. is just awful. Like, to be fair, the fact that Ross is even vaguely a beat at the end is is credit to him. And it's one of the rarer times we're completely on Ross's side, I think. He is trying here. And my God, like, dinner with that man would be... Ugh. Yeah, and he's, he's, like, trying to make an effort. It's clear he doesn't like him, but he's being polite initially. Mm. And, yeah, it just... You're right, actually. You find yourself in a strange situation of thinking, yeah, I completely understand where Ross is at here. Yeah, and even from the start, he says, how's the library? He knows he doesn't work in a library. He's just, like, he's poking the bear, isn't he, straight away? Poking the bear. Yeah, isn't that a phrase? Yeah, no, it is. I just right, liked fine. it. Um, and then, uh, all the sort of culmination of the dinner 
is what's so when he comes in he says what's wrong with this table basically Did he say, is, that, is that his vibe he's like why have you got a shit table yeah but like what's that got to do with anything like, I feel like he's booked the restaurant right I feel well, like yeah because he knows he, the Levines yeah, he seems to know it very well yeah the Levines are presumably they run the restaurant I don't know um, so he's moaning about something that he was in charge of in the first place, presumably. And then the whole thing comes to a crux with the tip, which like 4% for a tip here is bad. But in, in those Americas where you basically only get paid via tips, that is. Oh, it's real, unforgivable. Yeah, real bad. And, and even when Ross puts a 20 down, that's still a very low tip, isn't it? Yeah. On a $200 true. dinner, like 10% is, uh, isn't, isn't gonna cut any muster, is it? Cut any muster? Cut the mustard. Cut, cut. That's a phrase as well. Why do I keep questioning where the phrase is? Cut the mustard. Cut the mustard. Yeah, no, but. <laughs> cut the mustard. Yeah, what does cut the mustard mean? <laughs> I don't know. If something doesn't cut the mustard, then it's not good enough. Yes, yeah, so what's cut the mustard means? I think you've made that one up, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I think I have. Well, what is. Pass mustard. Oh, you pass mustard, I guess, don't you? I, no idea. I don't want what if you can't muster something, you can't do it. You can't. You can't. I can't muster up the energy. I see. I've, I, yeah, I've done pass muster and cut the mustard and, and confuse the two. Right. Right. Okay. Fine. Anyway, so nothing's going to cuss. Good, glad we got that clip. Cut up. the mustard or pass the mustard. I thought. I. I think I've got to the point where I think cut the mustard is a bastardized version of a thing because it's such a mad phrase. But I think it is real, isn't it? Um. So yeah. So Ross tips. Then Rachel's dad tears up the bill, which. As a Brit watching this, even now, it's quite hard to get your head around how that would stop him paying. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember watching this as a kid going, he's already paid. <laughs> like, just tearing up your receipt doesn't do anything. And I'm still not quite sure how it does do anything, you know? No, I know what you mean, actually. Uh, it must be... So, if it, so what? I'm just thinking the process. But so the process, signed... you give your card, right? Yeah. They take it and swipe it. So that's swiped, and that's the point at which you pay for the dinner, right? Then they bring the bill back, and you can add a tip there, right. and then when you go back. So what you'll find is on your card statement, there'll be like a separate charge for the tip. So I'm sure that the first amount's already been taken, you know? Yeah, you're right. And presumably, and presumably he hasn't paid by cash, otherwise he would have just taken the cash back. But I just don't understand how tearing... Can an American explain this? How does tearing that bill up... Yeah, is he undoing the transaction by doing that? Do they require his signature? But I think, Yeah, or they will require his signature, I guess. Yeah, maybe that's exactly what it is. Maybe they can't process it without the signature, I guess. Very strange, though, isn't it? But yeah, anyway, to sum up, uh, he tears it up. And then Ross ends up paying for dinner. And then Rachel insists on brunch the next day. It was sort of a lovely post-dinner That's a lot brunch. of dad action, isn't it? To Very go from quick. Uh, dinner to brunch. Yeah, if I was Ross, I'd be like, no, we'll do this again in six months at best. No, I've had enough of your dad. Yeah. And they do turn it around very quickly, to be fair, don't they? Like, it starts off badly at the brunch again, and then, like we say, you know, a healthy, healthy dose of making Rachel feel completely inadequate is, is what bonds these excellent men, apparently, you know? Hmm. And they do get on very well. And, and like, there is an element of you going, it's nice to see them bonding, but poor Rachel is just the absolute butt of the joke in quite a horrible way, isn't it? But I do enjoy the line, how are you going to run after them with one leg short and the other? That is, that is, I'll take, I'll give you, I'll give them that where it's due. And they congratulate, Ross congratulates her dad on that joke. Like, it's the funniest, <laughs> they're like, eh, oh, like. Yeah, but I think awful. Ross, I think Ross in that position is so pleased just to be, like, he's, he has, 
completely abandoned his girlfriend in favor of, you know, he's trying to make friends with a cool kid at school and just forgotten his mate, you know? Yeah. That's the vibe here, isn't it? Because the bully has suddenly gone, yeah, you're part of my gang. And he's gone, oh, yeah, I don't know this nerd anymore. Yeah, join me. Join me. All right, we'll join you, you big burk. Uh, and that's the last time, really. We, well, it's the last time we see Rachel's dad in in that situ, in the apartments. We see him very much later at dinner, don't we? He, he pops up a couple of times, but... Do you think they just thought, this character's awful? <laughs> oh, you can only get so much um, content out of somebody being a complete bastard, can't Yes, you? yes, I guess he serves to sort of explain why Rachel is the way Rachel is, you know? Yeah. And I just think, yeah, it, it's if you're... It says something about a man if your daughter cannot persuade you over the course of 30 years to, to tip properly. Do you know what I mean? If you, dis- yeah. if you don't respect your daughter that much, enough to sort of go, maybe I should be doing this. Then, yeah, I just think that's, that speaks to a man's personality, doesn't it? I think so. On to Joey's gig? On to Joey's gig, yes. Who gave Joey a teaching job? Um, it's also a very specific type of teaching within <laughs> teaching acting. <laughs> acting for soap operas is the name of the class. Yes, I think that must, that must be a very like a specific nod by the writers. Do you know what I mean? Sort of going, because soap operas are sort of, you know, as they are here, but I think even more so in America, they're like the butt of the... A bit naff. Yeah, the butt of the acting world, you know, jokes, I guess. Yeah. But again, if you've got a job on a soap opera, I bet you're fucking rich in America, because TV money is so good. Like, even like naff TV money would be pretty good, you know? Getting that soap opera cash. Getting that soap opera cash. But I'd say the uh, requirements for becoming a teacher at that school are pretty low, considering Joey got the job and doesn't seem to have... And his entire curriculum seems to be just about reacting. <laughs> I know he does it as the first thing, but then when we cut back to like the second or third class, he's still just doing reactions. And, his... and all about facial expressions. Exactly. None of it's actually about saying anything. <laughs> Most of his... Uh, most of his classes just seem to be him acting at the front and everyone yeah. going, ooh. When they applaud for him gasping right at the start, like it's, I know that's the joke, but the idea that those guys are ready to become soap opera actors when they're so <laughs> impressed by a man gasping is, is quite something, yeah. isn't it? Um, I do enjoy Joey's classes though, him writing the name on the board, the, the, you know, the letters sort of cascading down and him underlining it wrong and all that sort of stuff. Like he, he well, is. Well, given we, Given we like a bit of bad Joey acting, yes. this is just a showcase of Joey's bad acting, but we're also seeing his method with it, his <laughs> yeah. purpose for doing it, his reasoning for it, his yeah, his method as an actor, which is really good. Yes, and it's within a fr- like a framing device of a thing he's actually even worse at than acting, which is teaching acting. <laughs> yeah. So we get to enjoy that as well, because he's based his entire teaching sort of strategy hasn't he on what he remembers from high school from like writing the yeah. name to saying things like the bell doesn't dismiss you and all that sort of stuff and it's just he that's all he knows how to do is sort of imitate a high school teacher isn't it also i know this isn't a um direct part of joey's plot but it does involve joey um when phoebe ends up sparring with him ah. um full-on punches him on the nose and is somehow Phoebe's somehow shocked that this injures and draws blood from him. This is kind of where the two plots overlap, isn't it? So this is part of the race car bed fiasco, 
but also Phoebe sort of preparing him for this, yeah, for this, um, this part as Nick the boxer. And Joey, like the way Joey punches her, it's like he d- deliberately goes, "I'm going to do a little soft punch on the shoulder," doesn't he? And she, like, tw- tw- twats him in the face. <laughs> yeah, full on smacks him twice, real hard. And it's like, at what that is not okay. What at what point would that be okay? Well, if she was in a actual physical fight with him yeah and even yeah exactly but she doesn't seem to see that the, the issue with that and then blames him later for the race car bed going wrong um i do love when um sorry i'm veering into race car bed here yeah. as well but the uh when they ask which room the bed needs to go in, she says the compulsively neat one by the window <laughs> the whole the whole sequence of the race car bed is excellent isn't it yeah, um, really good but yeah, just before we get onto that, we've got, yeah, so we've got the boxing thing. So Joey has got an audition. He learns that one of his students has also got the same audition. And then we get to this bit where this kid is obviously a very good actor, right? And he's performed for Joey. He's asked him to coach him and Joey's gone, Oh, you're going to get this unless I sabotage you. Um, but then the way he sabotages him, Pete, is to say you play the box. Heaven forbid a boxer would be gay. I was trying to think why this bit, um, hasn't aged well Mm. and i think the thing about it is that the idea he says about playing it homosexually doesn't he as if that's a funny thing and the reason it'd be funny you would assume that it's suggesting that he played this uh boxer in his audition by being stereotypically you know very camp that i think is what the camp and effeminate rather than gay yeah exactly so it's the sort of conflating of homosexually with this exact type of person these exact mannerisms this type of behavior and therefore that being funny is i think why it doesn't sit well is the assumption that the word homosexually gives you everything you need to know about a person and how they behave yeah exactly i think that's exactly it right it's 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 saying on like a base level ha 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 boxer equals very straight uh aggressive man and that does not tie in with how we perceive like a gay boxer might be which would presumably just be in joey's head flouncing around and skipping and you know talking very camply you know yeah i guess maybe all it all it would need is actually just to change the words to like play the boxer really camp or something like that. Well, that that yeah. that would sort of well camp. You're not saying anything about their sexuality. That's what I mean. Yeah, and that would actually carry right. And that's a funnier image because you go, oh, I know what that is. But it's just that bit where they cut to Chandler going, "You told him to play the boxer gay," as if yeah. that's such a out there thing. But anyway, I think we both agree that that would not pass the mustard. In 2023. No. No, <laughs> but luckily, after Joey's professional slip up, he acts very professionally later, doesn't he? And then cries in front of his whole class and just has a tantrum, basically. He does, and then, but it turns into some sort of performance where they applaud him. Yeah, I, I like. I think what we can conclude from this uh, soap opera acting class is that everybody in the class is thick as two short fucking planks, <laughs> yeah, and fair. they don't have much hope for themselves in the real professional world because they are thicky, thicky, thickos. Um, yeah, and they think that him crying is part of a sort of performance, which again, is indicative of his teaching style, which seems to just be acting in front of them for applause. 
<laughs> like, yeah. at no point does he actually seem to get them it's to not act. very practical this teaching <laughs> this uh, acting class is it no it's sort of like look watch me act it's like oh i could do that on soap operas mate like yeah you know i don't need you to stand in front of me and act maybe we should be acting a bit seems strange that an acting class has such a sort of desk-based culture doesn't it yeah don't you dare get out of your seat yeah don't you dare get out of your seat do you just watch me act and then maybe not act but you can't tell whether i'm acting or not the end good class class dismissed millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, before we get on to the mattress king, I'd like to just nod to the cold open, because this is one of those really, like, solid, old-school friends cold opens, I think, before the theme music, you know? Uh, it is a particularly good one, and I love how it all bases around how boring they find Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old Ross. I mean, it's one of those things, actually, where... It's just so tightly written because within the space of about 30 seconds, we get, I mean, quite literally because of, because they're, it, we're in their brains, are they? We get a peek into the minds of, of each friend and their personality and how they react to a situation. It's, it's almost like a sort of pilot-esque introduction to, to what each of their personalities is. But like you say, Ross's only personality is being dull. Boring everyone around him. Yeah. Which is, again, we've touched on this before. You know, a bit unfair considering actually Ross's job isn't that dull. You know, they could have, Chandler's got a much duller job than Ross, right? Ross works with dinosaurs. That's cool. Like, they, they, they take what are quite interesting. You know, we talked about it in that thing where they're talking about, <laughs> uh, what is it? Living forever as a machine or something. And it seems that they're acting like it's really dull, but it's not because it's fucking cool and it's robotics and it's all, you know, it's all that sort of, future stuff and his interests actually lie in just like quite cool science stuff but they're like nope this is dull um it's also the first time we um see gunther being in love with rachel yes well we hear it don't we 
Well, sure, yeah, we don't see it, but that's this is the first ever indication that he is like properly a bit obsessed with Rachel, and that's obviously a trope that lasts. I mean, literally to the very final episode, isn't it? Yeah, true. Um, and and the punchline of who's singing is so perfect really for Phoebe. Yeah, it, it couldn't really be more perfect. It rounds off that whole cold open so nicely. It's like ah, oh, I just think this is Chef's Kiss. Really tightly written little cold open, like perfectly indicative of early friends. Like it doesn't apply to the plot in any way. It's just like they're gone. Here's a little funny bit. We're gonna do a little funny bit. The end. And it gives you a sense of each of their characters as well within 100%, 100%. that one scene. Really, really well in the sense that they all don't even say a sentence as longer than about three seconds. But you go, got it. I've got every, I've got everything about who all your characters are in that tiny bit. Ah, real good. Anyway, we have the music and then we're into the first plot, which is our final plot on this episode, Peter, which is uh, Mattress King. The Mattress King. I've got a lot of thoughts about the Mattress King himself. Um, we were talking the other day about Barry Scott, weren't we? Yes, the Mattress we King is basically the Barry Scott of mattresses. He, he is, right? So I'm fascinated by the Mattress King, and here's why, right? How, my question to you is, how famous is the Mattress King? Uh, because Barry Scott was like the, the sort of the character in a, a, like a fully national TV advert for years, right? So everybody was aware of him. I don't get the impression that the Mattress King is that famous. And don't forget, as we discovered, Barry Scott is a character. The Mattress King seems to be using his real life sort of personal Yeah, his, the, his, the breakup of his marriage. Right, he's so famous, apparently, that everybody knows he's getting a divorce yeah. to the point where he can use that as a marketing strategy. Yeah, that is bold. And a, and a distasteful one at that. But the idea... And, and so so that's my first thought. And then I thought, well, maybe he is massive. But uh, you, you saw the front of the store. Right, if you were the Mattress King and you were, like, known all around the state and you were this big celebrity, you'd be in a bloody massive retail park glass fronted apple store you know like you'd be in a big old fancy shop right not in a tiny little normal fronted shop on the street you know a little unit yeah exactly i just find it absolutely fascinating also love chandler's use of the the word wank yes i've that was one of my most important (laughs) notes he says um what a wank which, Which isn't using the word wank correctly, it is it? If you were saying what a wank in that way, you'd sort of be reviewing, reviewing your own very enjoyable wank. Activity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a wank that was. Um, whereas he's kind of doing it as in, like, what a wanker. Exactly. Unless, maybe, Pete, the cameras just belie what's been happening. And whilst the advert has been on, Chandler has been wanking. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's that, it's, yeah. it's, it's just good timing that when it cuts away from the TV, Chandler goes, what a wank. Oh, anyway, what are we talking about? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's strange. I don't hear Americans use the, the word wank lot at all. So it stands out when I they do. I would say that it is... <sighs> Obviously, the worst swear word is the C one. Yeah. Which we don't even say on this podcast. No. We say fuck, which I think is the second one. I was. No, say it's that- not technically the second one, is it? Is it not? No. You've, get your BBC guidelines up. Oh, I don't have them turned. Have, have you got the list? Why? You know, what's send that list what's the one under year? the C word? MF. Is that worse? Well, they just still. The word mother isn't bad within that. No, but it's strange that the word, that word, those words combined, they're like considered to be the second worst word. Yeah. Isn't it? I, I always thought that. I thought it was strange. But, but I would put 
wank behind fucking the c-word yeah there's a lot of um i'd say blurred line cursing right yeah so the word bastard is one where you probably wouldn't say bastard on the radio but if you did say bastard on the radio you could justify saying bastard on the radio because it actually means something specifically yeah uh, in the English language, do you know what I mean? And but the problem with wank is it does it. It's just all swear. There's no justifying how you would use that in a way that wasn't just to be very rude. And you're right. It's strange that it pops up on this sort of jolly sitcom, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. They say fucking friends, do they ever? What were we talking about before swearing? Uh, Mattress King, Chandler, wank. What <laughs> a combo. Hey, I tell you what, I'll never forget is that it costs four ninety nine for a pillow top queen set. I don't know why that sentence is lodged in my head so much, but it really is. Also, that mattress that Monica lies on and loves is hideous, isn't it? Why is it? Why is it bright purple? Do you or know red? what thing about mattresses? Pink, pink, Pete. What? You don't see is, them. Is that you don't see? It doesn't matter what they look. Yeah, like. but still, I, I wouldn't buy a bright a, a mattress as hideously bright as that. But you don't know how good it feels. Like when Phoebe gets wow. on it, she's like, you can make new friends. And like getting older, Pete, that is one thing I completely understand is the the uh importance of an excellent mattress, you know? Okay, fair. Have you got a good mattress? Uh no uh yeah, my mattress is fine, but I yeah, I'm not mad about my bed. Bed's fine though. Bed doesn't make much difference, you know, like to the comfort. It does if the slats fall out when you roll over. Oh, sure, yeah, it's that bad. That is bad, yeah, isn't it, to yeah, be fair? Bad. I'm actually, while we're on the subject of it, like, the whole bloody shop's called a Mattress King. I thought it was a mattress shop. Why are they delivering a race car bed? That's true. That's a whole different thing. That's the bed shop. Um, big fan of the Mattress King delivery guy, though. Uh, yes, I like his, um, his announcement as he walks in the room. Hear ye, hear ye, delivery from the Mattress King. The, the deadpan delivery of, I just think that's so perfect. It's so such a good example of like sort of um what's the word flowery dramatic things companies try to do but forget that the people delivering them don't have the sort of training and capability same or level en- of commitment yeah or enthusiasm to doing them you know that thing where s- stores are supposed to say certain phrases but unless you're properly saying it like a professional actor it just sounds really underwhelming and that is absolutely perfect i think that guy is one of the best like brief cameos in all of friends the way he delivers that it's so pretty good and then we get to the stage where yeah phoebe's punching joey um you're not supposed to put your head back when you get a nosebleed are you forward for, thank you. That is right, isn't it? That was. A I whole, think the advice changed. Did it? Point, but yeah, I forward. remember at school there being forward a, makes more sense. Well, yeah. I mean, putting your head back means blood runs down your throat and can choke you and die. Yeah, that's basically the the logic there, right? Forward is just like get the blood out. Yeah. Um, and it did. It did. Yeah, I thought I was pretty sure that was right. I've never had a nosebleed, actually, Pete. So I've never, never had. I to, get them all the time. I know. We talked about this. You've had them on the podcast before, haven't yeah, you? I have. Yeah. When was your last nosebleed? Oh, like, uh, probably over the weekend. What? That, re- do you hear that regularly? I would say I have a nosebleed once every couple of weeks. My God. Have you looked into it? Uh, no, no, I haven't. How much no. cocaine are you doing these I've days? Just, absolutely none, thank you. <laughs> um, no, I've just accepted them as a fact of life. Maybe, again, maybe I'm wrong to accept them as a fact of life, but that's the case. Yeah, I just think you might, it might be like me and my hay fever. I don't know if I've talked about this on or off air, but <laughs> I've just realised that maybe I've had hay fever my whole life, but I've never bothered to look into it and get it treated. 
Um, so maybe it's like that, Pete. Maybe you could live a nosebleed-free life if you just looked into it. Yeah, maybe. Look into it. Maybe I will. Before the NHS goes private and you have to pay for it. That's true. Um, anyway, we're, we're, uh, <laughs> we're really diverting today. Nosebleeds. Nosebleeds. Monica Falula-Geller, another great line that will live forever in my brain. And like we said earlier, Phoebe punches Joey so hard, like yeah, not okay hard. Um, he starts bleeding. They deliver the race car bed. It all goes wrong. Ha, ha, ha. Hilarious, hilarious. But because she signed for it, they can't take it back. I think the Mattress King manager's being a bit of a dick there. I think... If there's still plastic on the mattress and the bed is clearly undamaged, just take it back. You can say yeah. that again, mate. Yeah, like you've, you've lost nothing. You know? Um, what I don't understand about this bit of the plot is why they're so determined to hide the new bed from Chandler. Uh, sh- shame? Embarrassment of the bed? Yeah, but that's fine. Like, surely, I, I, the only reason I can think of is that it, it's because of where it's from, but, that never comes up anyway, so you don't have to name the shop. Yeah, shame about... But wouldn't you just say, oh, yeah, look at this, isn't that hilarious? They delivered the wrong bed. That, that's it, right? Yeah. That's all you need to say, exactly what happened. And you don't need to mention the Mattress King, because he doesn't bring up the Mattress King at any point. You could have got a bed from anywhere. True. But they're so, like, determined to hide it that Monica is would rather pretend she pisses the bed. Yeah, that is an odd choice. That has just had a, a delivery mix-up from a bed shop. Yeah. You know? It's really odd. I've never quite understood why they're so determined for him not to find out <laughs> that it was just a, a, a delivery mishap, you know? Um. Anyway, they go back to get a uh, a refund. Joey sees Janice kissing the Mattress King, and we get a fairly rare mid-season cliffhanger in Friends. Uh. Yeah, it felt quite odd to have something so significant right at the end of an episode yeah it's rare that like storylines continue in that way in friends uh you know such a dramatic way it feels like you have these long story arcs but you could sort of watch any given episode and pick up what's going on with them you know whereas this is like the next episode is now going to cut back into the aftermath of that which is it's a bit unusual isn't it and we're not going to talk about what happens next because that's not this week's episode guys all right we're not going to work any harder than we have to you have to wait. We might have even done it already. Can't remember. Oh, that's a fucking good point, actually. In fact, I think yeah. we have. Yeah, we might have done. Yeah. Shit, uh, double quiz? Double quiz. Um, shall I do Julius first? Yep. Yeah. Right, fine. There might be some crossover, as there often is when we have multiple quizzes due to yep. our own uh, bad planning. Um, Incompetence. Here comes Julius' quiz. Question one. Yes. What tricky mathematical sum does Joey try to work out to convey receiving bad news in acting class? I'm, I'm dividing not, something, but I not can't a chance what. I'm going to remember those numbers. No. Uh, divide two three two by thirteen. No. Nope. Uh, what is on the kitchen table in Monica and Rachel's apartment while Joey and Phoebe play fight? It's normally fruit, isn't it? Fruit in a bowl. Incorrect. Yellow flowers. Okay, someone actually messaged us this week about fruit in a bowl. Do you see that? I did see that, yeah. How apparently the fruit changes all the time. Well, the fruit changes, but it's always only one type of specific fruit. Do you know what I mean? And actually, that is something, it was Kezia that messaged us, and she said maybe we should be referencing what's in the fruit bowl each episode. So I forgot to do that this week, but let's do that from next week, shall we? Well, it wasn't fruit, it was yellow flowers. Yeah, flowers, I guess you're quite right. We've done it. God, we're so good. Question three. What does Ross try to claim the carbon from a receipt causes to Rachel's father? 
Finger ink, ink finger prints, finger stains, ink stains at some point. Night blindness. Night blindness, of course. <laughs> I forgot that line completely. That is funny, to be fair. That is a uh, funny line. Question four. What takeout food is Chandler getting when he discovers the race car bed? Christ, I haven't paid attention to this episode at all. Yeah, I Pizza? feel like that as well. Uh, sushi. Hmm. And five. What are each of the characters' thoughts about while Ross is talking at the start of the episode? Okay, that's fine. Rachel, oh, it's exciting. He's Rachel's basically like, isn't he sexy? Monica thinks he's boring. Oh, good. Another dinosaur story. Chandler's is the superhero. If I could be a superhero who could fly and be with all, that'd be the best. Gunther, I'm in love with Rachel. Joey, da 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 And Phoebe, who's singing. Yeah, correct. Done. Thank you very much. All the best. Ten points to Gryffindor. Uh, would you like the second quiz? Yeah, go on. I hope this one's easier. Georgia's quiz. Georgia, thank you for doing the quiz. And Pete apologizes profusely for the mix-up that meant you didn't really have to do the <laughs> quiz. Okay? Okay. Don't you, Pete? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have a second quiz. Uh, question it's one. nice to have a second quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Really nice. Uh, <laughs> question one: Who is Rachel pretending Ross is while squinting in the cold open? Uh, someone called Alan. Alan Alder, yeah, is the is the answer without looking. Um, which is strange because I've never thought that Alan Alder looks like Ross. And also, I'm not sure. It's one of the things that really ages this episode because Alan Alder is in a very very old man. And so at the time, the idea that he was young enough to be confused with David Schwimmer is, is quite something, because he's not anything like as old as Ross, right? Uh, I have no idea who he is. He was in MASH, and he was in the West Wing, and okay. he's like, you'll know exactly who his face is. Who his face is? That's not a good sentence, Dave. Um, Google him. He's got like a very distinctive voice, which I was about to do an impression of, but I can't really do it, and I'm not uh, Yeah, I vaguely recognise him. You vaguely what? I recognise it. I don't know why I said it. <laughs> I vaguely recognise him. I vaguely recognise him. I vaguely recognise him. I vaguely recognise him myself. Um, who was Ross when Monica and Ross played Happy Days as kids? Uh, I don't know. Happy Days references go over my head as well. Me too, completely. It's Richie, apparently. All right. That was that's an entire sequence of jokes that I don't get in that bit of Friends because I just don't know who you know. Joey's like, "Was Egg the Gellers the War Crime?" You know, I was like, "I don't know why." Who's Richie? Who's Joni? Who are they? What's their deal? Question three, Pete. Ah, oh, it's happened. How much does a pillow top queen set cost for the Mattress King? Four ninety nine, four ninety nine. Great quiz question. I've actually used that in actual Friends with Friends pub quizzes before. So excellent. There you go. Question four: Who does Rachel's dad go to say goodbye to before they leave the restaurant? The Levines. The Levines. The Levines. Alice Levine the and Alice her Levines. brother Max yeah. Levine, I imagine. That's the Levines. And question five. <laughs> this one's worth two points because I'll be very impressed if you do get it. What sum does Joey try to do when he's acting like he's had bad news? Two, well, three, two, divided <laughs> by 13. <laughs> I think you've uh, cheated your way to two points there, frankly, Pete, but that's fine. Oh, still Who am I to complain? Hey, do you want to know what next week's episode is? Great quiz. Thanks, George. Uh, yes, I do. What is next week's quiz? It is the one on the last night, season six, episode six. Okay. And is there a quiz? 
Bearing uh, in mind that the week before last you said there was a quiz, then there wasn't. Then last week yes, you said there, there was a, a quiz. quiz, and there was. There is a quiz. Hundred percent. Yeah. Pinky promise. Uh, as much as I can, yes. Fine. Well, let's see if this quiz passes the mustard. Yeah. Um, on next week's episode of Friends with Friends. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.